what are you doing here? Well, it's episode three. You texted me and said I got to be here. This is the closest I'll get to a threesome, probably. And here we go. Two guys lose the plot. Who said you could work with men? Pop collared f- Is that Latin? There's friendship. No wonder you failed the teaching. Seriously, you're bringing that up now. Understanding. Go f- yourself, man. Go back to the Soviet Union, Pinko. I'm not taking this kind of abuse from you. Brotherly love. You are going to be the end of all civilized life. This from a guy who dressed up as Wolverine and used... No, 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 no. Tinfoil as claws. So I hear your wife is trying to actively poison you a now. A whole lot of abuse. Get off my property. That's it. This friendship's over. I'm out of here. And now, two guys lose the plot. Welcome back to Two Guys Lose the Plot. I'm Stephen. And I'm Lee. Are you? Are you really? That's what my uh, barcode on the inside of my arm says. Just a reminder, we're now on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. What have people been saying to you about uh, Two Guys Lose the Plot? Well, my family and friends have been enjoying it. You don't have any friends. That's not true. I have a number of acquaintances and people that greet me. On the the payroll? Right out the gate. Yep. Stick it in and twist it. Well, I, the reason I'm bringing that is, is it is tax season, so you're going to have to put that in the books. I can write you off then. Yeah, I am a liability. You are. But um, yeah, I've, surprisingly, people have been enjoying it. Uh, usually, they're re- revolted by our antics and, and we always take it too far. But, but there's a lot of abuse. There is a lot of abuse. And people, uh, someone actually at one stage felt bad for you. They thought perhaps you're doing this under duress, that I've got you at gunpoint on a uh, folly or a project that I, I thought was perhaps, you know, better for me and not for you. Like, you will do this. <laughs> what is this is like a Christopher Guest movie. Well, yeah. you know, we're going to see just how far we can push this person. Mm. So, uh, no, I'm here of my own free will. Please take that gun out of my face. Before we get into the show, I, uh, I need to address something. I'm going to go off the plot straight, straight away. I was listening to the previous episode. Um, I realized I'm, I've made an absolute gaffe, an absolute, it's an, to me, an embarrassment. Well, you're an embarrassment. That's what my mother always says. But um, I was listening to it, and at the, at the top of the show, uh, in the cold open, I mentioned getting into your house using Mr. Underwood's credit card. For those that don't know, I was referencing the movie Fletch and Fletch Lives, which is with Chevy Chase, where he plays the reporter, and he gets into all kinds of hijinks. It's not Mr. Underwood. It's Mr. Underhill. It's Mr. Underhill. It's Mr. Underhill. I, and I'm, I'm mortified that I got that wrong. Because for, for those that do know me, that's one of my favorite movies. I mean... Fletch and, Fletch and Fletch Lives kind of molded a lot of my, my humor at the time. And, and for those that haven't seen the movies, please do. They're, they're hilarious. But to, to get a little detail like that wrong, I, I should quit right now. You should. And you know what? This is just, these are more signs of your cognitive decay. If all the gymming you do to keep your body in shape, what are you doing to keep your mind nimble? Candy Crush or Sudoku, crossword puzzles. D- does TV count? I don't know what, if it's educational. I mean, what are you watching? I'm mostly The Simpsons still. Oh, if it's uh, the later seasons, then you're obviously, <laughs> your brain has obviously been turned to mush. Yeah, we're not going to go there. That's that. That is four hours on its own. Yes. And uh, this just brings to light the theory that I've had for a long time now, that your wife is poisoning you. Well, I was wondering what that silver stuff on the spoon was when she came on me. Here, take your medicine. Mm. Hey, you've had a hard day at work. Here, have one of these. Mm-mm. It's, it's, it's a, a shiny elixir. Today, I'm actually quite excited. Because we're taking a look at one of the movies from the box that I actually really, really like. Do you remember seeing that movie? Yes. Uh, it was 2004. Right. You were excited. Very excited. You were uh, exuberant. You were thinking this is going to be the, the launch of a, a, a new 
direction for the franchise. That's right. I think I even held your hand in the movie. You did. You were holding something. <laughs> it's, it's funny enough that uh, going down that route and that kind of toilet humor because you reminded me, you phoned me and said, do I remember what happened before the movie? Right. And you you had forgotten. I'd totally forgotten. And this was something, I mean, this is like a highlight. This, this is, we got a movie and a show. <laughs> yes, it was a show in the, to give you some context. So it, it's, it's, uh, it was our Saturday night ritual. Stephen and I, he would always pick me up at my place. Um, I would have to drive naturally because Stephen's a terrible driver. And um, we had some time to kill. So, you know, we always shoot the shit and, and drive around and, and, and talk about stuff. And, and I think it mostly was about the upcoming movie and how you're so excited. And I can't explain it, but I kind of took a detour. I went up towards Unisa. Mm. So we're talking Brooklyn area here now. And up I go uh, towards the, the back of the, the university. And we, it's dark. It's after eight o'clock. And uh, so I've got the brights on and we come over the crest and it just bathes the small compact car <laughs> in light. And these two naked heads pop up in panic as we kind of drive by. What do you think they were doing? I think it was probably doing a play. Or, uh, some kind of puzzle? Reenacting something. But, you know, we kind of slowly drove by looking and thinking, are they doing what we think they're doing? And they were. On, on, on a Saturday night at like, just before eight or maybe, I don't know what time movie we went to, maybe it's just after eight. I remember being both shocked and also, you know, quite heartened by the fact that these people just had to get it done no matter what. Maybe it was Randy Teens, I don't know, maybe it was an extra yeah, a bit older. American. I wanted to stop, but... Uh... <laughs> and knock on the window, cup our hands around and say, hello, can we help? Is everyone okay? Oh, we could have used a camera then. Oh, yes. It was a small hatch. I've always... Wondered about the logistics of, uh... and in the front seat, you know, which is like yes, you got the you got that. the steering wheel and the handbrake, and I mean, you you think at least go into the back where you've got you know a little bit more movement and freedom, and you're not going to get a, a handbrake in the kidney or something like that. But no, they they were determined. We're we're going to do this here. But it wasn't even an isolated spot. It was in the so, suburbs. Yeah, it was just on the side of the road. Yeah, it was, passion overtook them. Yeah, maybe it was just too much. I've got to have you now. Well, eventually we did get to the movies, and I was super excited. Okay, give me a give me the synopsis. Okay, so Alien vs. Predator, stylized as AVP, is a 2004 science fiction film written and directed by Paul W. S. Anderson. You like his stuff? Yeah, I, I, I do like his stuff. I mean, I like my zombie stuff, and and I've got a soft spot for the Resident Evil franchise. Um, regardless of uh, what people think of it, I, I, I you know anything with a with an, a looming apocalypse and a deadly virus, and um, I'm in. I'm all First in. one was good. The third one's my favorite, the one in Vegas. I haven't seen that. That's still my favorite one. I enjoyed that the most. The first one was good, but it was, it was very sci-fi. The Vegas one was very much, you know, very zombie apocalypse, uh, dystopian. I, I enjoyed those. Here it says, Charles Wayland, industrialist billionaire. Didn't you used to be a billionaire? I used to billionaire a lot. And that, that is the verb for being a billionaire, because that's what they do all day long. In the fields, in the malls, <laughs> through so the car parks. We billionaire till the sun goes down. <laughs> You're so full of shit. It, it says, industrialist billionaire leads an archaeological expedition to Antarctica. Wayland believes to have discovered the ruins of an ancient pyramid. Once inside, the team are caught in a battle between two extraterrestrial species, the aliens and the predators. Soon it becomes clear that only one species is getting out alive. I bet it was the Smurfs. Yeah, look. <laughs> they weren't in it? No. Oh, I thought Paul W.S. Anderson 
did the Smurfs movie. Did he direct a Smurfs movie? No, I don't think so. I made that up. Oh. I don't know who. I'm just veering off. Um, look, it's it is one of my favorite franchises. Predator is, Alien is definitely. Both of them are owned by Fox. That's how come. That's how the movie got made. Alien started in 79, then there was the sequel in 86, and Resurrection after that. Predator was 87, and Predator 2 was 1990. Um, of those two, I liked both the Predators. Of the Aliens, I didn't like the third one. I liked that one. Did you? I, I know why people don't like it. There was just something about the style of it, because it was Fincher. Yes. It, and David Fincher, I just there's something about his cinematic style that it had me. It was shot amazingly, but where it fell apart for me was more the mechanics of the alien. So they did, it was the first time that they, they had used more of a CG approach to it, but they used a miniature. They, they didn't use actual CG. They were still like um, comping a miniature onto the actual thing, and it looked kind of fake and twitchy, and it, it just didn't do it for me. And it detracted from the, the movie as a whole. You know, in the other aliens, it was this menacing shadow with teeth and, you know, oozing all the, the saliva the, that the, came out of the shadows. Yeah, Alien 3 was, was very noir, but AVP, so you liked it. I liked it. I was just excited that two of my favorite movie monsters were in a movie together. For me, I really didn't care about what the plot had to offer. I was just excited to see them on a big screen mm. um, because the originals had been so far removed. I hadn't, it wasn't a high bar to pass because I was just so thrilled, but... The story, the special effects, your take. I, I didn't mind it because I went in with a low expectation. It was a little too sterile for me with the, with the Arctic setting and in that very uh, sci-fi futuristic pyramid kind of setup. Mm. It was interesting to see some cool fight sequences. The aliens look cool. The predators were a little bit, what did you say? They were bulky. When yeah, they looked when, like football players, yeah, like American like, football yeah, players. Yeah, they were like padded when that one scene where they're running down that passage. They're just like lumbering a bit. Yes. Look, I like the fact that it referenced the original films um, and the fact that uh, Lance Henriksen was in it. Um, for those who don't know, he played the character in Aliens, Aliens, the second one, where he played Bishop, the android. And obviously now that android's based on the billionaire Wayland, which I don't know if that was... I think it was intentional. So that the alien from 1979 was him of the future. Mm. This was set now. Yeah. But was it original? Which is it something we knew about originally, or was that was it one of those things where, like, oh shit? I didn't actually pick that up. You've actually just brought that to my attention. I mean, I knew who he was, but I actually didn't slot that into the chronology. No, no, I, I picked it up, but I wasn't sure if it's something we were supposed to know already. Look, some of the scenes were great. The thing that I didn't like that much was that it was PG thirteen, and Correct, we yeah. were speaking about, and that didn't dawn on me until I actually saw it. Was that the original? Predator and Predator 2 and the Alien movies have all been R-rated. There is so much blood and guts. And this, like you said, it was a sterile movie. It was very clean and there wasn't enough firepower. The guns that these guys had to kill the aliens just weren't there. I mean, in Alien, in, in Predator, Arnold had his entire team of Green Berets with that Gatling gun and, you know, these souped-up M16s with grenade launchers. In Predator 2, uh, Danny Glover had, you know, just so much firepower and there were chasing those coke dealers and all that kind of stuff. This just, there wasn't enough guns. So let me get this straight. So while everyone's watching the aliens and the predators, you're admiring the firepower. I have a lot of love for the alien and the predator. I'm just saying, I want to get a dose of guns in there. Yes, you do. You know, like, like your fans do every Thursday at the gym. That's true. Uh, and I still want to hear about your exhibition or your expedition to go and fire firearms. But before we move on to that, 
Alien versus Predator, in your mind, who wins that fight? In my mind, it's definitely Predator. Tactically, he's got the advantage. He's smarter. He's not just an animal. He's got technology behind him. He's always, he's a scout first and foremost. I mean, he's skilled at hiding. He can just outmaneuver the alien. The alien's just incredibly impressive organic being with immense teeth and dexterity. But he can't go toe-to-toe with, with this other guy. I actually wanted to ask you, now that you bring that up, Batman versus Predator. That's a crossover comic, right? Yeah, they've, I think they've done, they've done that on, on more than one occasion, yes. Who wins? You're the Batman expert. Who wins in that fight? That's a tough one because just on pure physicality and strength, obviously the Predator is a superior being. But Batman's just a dick. He will do whatever he needs to do to win the fight. He will find something. He will have a contingency. So in the end, he'll, he'll find a way to screw over Predator in the long run. I agree with that. I agree with that diagnosis. Back to Two Guys Lose the Plot. Last week we talked about how our mutual friend Tom was taking on a belated birthday gift trip, and that was to a firing range in the, in the area. Yes, he was a real friend. Yeah, well, someone has to be. Oh. But again, he's on the payroll. Oh, yes. Well, you're playing the long game, right? I have to because... How long have you been waiting for me to drop dead? About 20 years. Oh. Are you still confident it's going to happen? Well, I'm, I'm all in. What you saying? No, I'm like a cockroach. There's no going back now. <laughs> You've sunk so much of your life into yeah, I've it. I've invested too much in this endeavor. <laughs> My house is on the line. We went shooting. It was, it was great. Um, I mentioned last week the John Wick package. So the guns I got to shoot were a Glock, normal handgun, 9mm. Did you do the whole slamming it in? Yep. You couldn't resist No, that. you slam it in and then you, you cock it back. And, <laughs> then, and then you there's like a button on the side. The safety. The, the, no, it's not the safety. Is it the safety? The thing, there's just like a little thing. Yeah, I think that's the safety. It shows you how well I know uh, this. I'm, what you I, were dealing with. I was, <laughs> I was a, a loaded weapon in my hand, and I'm not sure if this is the safety. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it was cool. Hey, I'll get my way around guns. Yes, you will. Uh, this could become my next hobby. Remember my uh, brief affair with trains? Yes. And I remember that those trains ended up at my house and they were on the dining room table for months. And your wife was so angry. Stop bringing stuff over from Stephen's house. Oh, God. And eventually I had to sell it to some guy who came and he was, you know, like obviously a, a connoisseur of all these trains. And he was like scrutinizing and telling me what was wrong with it. I'm like, dude, I don't care. But we've digressed. Okay, okay. I'll get guns. back to so, What so, guns so, were you so shooting? It was the Glock. It was a shotgun. It was a... 308 or a 380, I can't remember. That was like a sniper rifle kind of thing and an AR-15. They sound um, like calculators. These are not calculators. These are highly deadly weapons. Okay. So you got to shoot all of these things. Got to shoot all of these. Um, one thing they don't tell you, because like I said in the last show, I've, I've only shot an M16, is that the recoil in real life is very different to how it looks in the movies. And I was interested, did some Googling. And, That's, as everyone should. That's the only way to find things out. Absolutely. Trusted. And the thing is that apparently guns that shoot blanks have less recoil because there's less or little to no gunpowder inside. I think, and, it's, and it's not firing a projectile. It's not firing a projectile. No. Um, Makes sense. So the recoil on the shotgun is immense. It's like this wave of pressure. And uh, it's a bit better on the sniper rifle because you've got it balanced on a tripod and it's got like a cool laser sight and stuff. Uh, for me, my favorite, obviously, though, was the handgun. Because you can just you get the most rounds and you can just squeeze them off. But the shotgun was so, the so most what, fun. But what did you shoot? Uh, they gave us paper targets, as opposed to cardboard targets. You, or you know what I mean? <laughs> you, paper targets, metal targets, concrete no. targets. No, you're making me sound stupid. I don't know why I said paper targets. <laughs> you fucking dick. Okay, they gave us targets. 
anyway, they gave us targets. It was like a silhouette of a man and, uh, you know, concentric circles coming out. And I hit the paper targets here and there. I thought it would be cool if they were maybe zombies. And then it got me thinking, we have not even touched on the books. You're very right. So do you want to give everyone just a brief overview of one of our other endeavors? Well, if I may get on my soapbox. Please do. Yeah, let me just drag it up here. There it is. Um, no, for those that don't know, Stephen and I are also the guys behind SARSA, which is the South African Zombie Association. And um, we've been at a lot of the, the Comic Cons and uh, Geek Fests and the various smaller and larger cons around the, the, the country in in. How many years now? Well, we started the first book was 2014. Mm. And we've done a book on and off every second year. Yeah, so there's, there's, a, there's a handful of books in the library. Some are, are story tales of, of, of a zombie apocalypse. We've, we've created a universe, which we call the Sazo universe. And um, there's some also uh, survival guides and a very interesting reversal, reverse survival guide where it teaches you how to kind of cope with being a zombie in everyday life. But... Um, yeah, there's. Uh, you can go check out our stuff at, uh, and that's going to be a shameless plug. So go to saza s a z a dot c o dot z a, and you can check out our books. And, and you've also loaded them up to the various uh, platforms. Right. So available on Amazon, on Take a Lot. This is a shameless plug, and at all good comic book stores as well. You can pick up. Uh, we've got some great titles, I think. Yeah, but I'm look, biased. It, yeah, look, it's it's something I'm quite proud of. Um, a, a lot of people are always impressed that wow, you've you've written books and stuff. Uh, coming up with the stories is not hard. I mean, sitting and actually writing them is the hard part. But it, it it's been an enjoyable thing. It's been one of our, our our many ventures over the years where we've we've done various things, and we'll we'll get into the comic book store in another episode. Oh, for, for please the, no. That was that was a fun time in our lives. <laughs> Look, not everything works out for the best, but I have no regrets. I have no regrets. But the books is something that we we still we still do to this day. It's um, as I get an idea and, a, and an idea for a story. I mean, most recently I did that short story that kind of ties into the to the anthology, and then during hard lockdown last year, I wrote uh, a book called Lockdown, which kind of was a a reflection of what was happening at the time and just kind of using what was at our disposal within that universe to kind of like, well, what if something like COVID kind of evolved into a, into an actual epidemic that became a, like a, an apocalypse? Um, and the people have said that it uh, has echoes of Stranger Things. I said that to you the first time I read it. Yeah. I said, this is exactly like Stranger so, Things with a, a different twist. Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of geared for a young adult, but um, anyone can read them and, and they're, they're a fun and quick and easy read. And if anyone has read them, we'd love to hear your feedback and and. Uh, go to Amazon and review for us, please. Please Re do. Reviews help. Reviews help. Can you believe it? You've got to kind of, you've got to grease those palms. Look, I'm still thinking of going away. I'm still convinced that's not going to happen. <sighs> you know what? Some support would be great from you. Well, if you want support, so get a bra. Oh, okay, but, fine. But you know what? The ridicule about the leg. I see you're back on the crutches. So I see you've kind of given into the fact that your your own brand of medical science is not going to cut it and that taking weight off a broken leg is the only way to heal it. First, you keep saying broken, it's fractured. A fracture is a break. It's a crack. The bone has a crack in it. Therefore, it is broken. Well, I knew better than two doctors. So I... Yes, you did. Then, but now I'm, I'm learning my lesson. But look, back to the me going away. Now, two options have become available, and I'm, I'm seriously looking at these. Oh, are people like bidding on your uh, presence at their, their venues? 
is is they're like, Mr. Lewis, please join us. We have the the when you arrive, we will have the rose petal turned down. We will oh, no, have the, the sensual oils upon <laughs> upon, and then you will have the the steak for dinner. And no, no, Mr. Lewis, rather come to this venue because we are more no, superior. Nobody's lobbying me. I'm telling you what popped up in my Google search of places that are not far away to go and don't require a lot of effort to actually be in. It's going to come down to two things: how lazy I am to drive versus which place will be nicer. Hmm. What do you think maybe Sun City? That's further. Yeah, but you're not a gambler. and you. Oh, I've mean, gambled on this friendship for long enough. Yes, you have. And I don't picture you going down the water slides. I've been down that very big yeah, water but slide. You're, you're, very, you're very brittle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not brittle. It was a running accident. Accidents happen all the time. I, when, someone, when someone has an accident, you don't say, it's because you're brittle. No, it's because they had an accident. I'm just waiting for the headlines. Local man dislocates shoulder on water slide. Well, you, I will always support you because I'm going to be the person that has to endure the calls, no, the complaints. Is, this is not working. This is, this is a shithole. Why did you let me come? And, and it, it's true. It becomes my fault. Why did you let me come here? That is true. I do blame you for a lot. But then again, you are to blame for a lot. So as always, we like to, towards the end of the show, cap off by finding out what's showing at the local bioscope what's cop shop cop shop let's take a look at that you read that a small town police station becomes the unlikely background between a professional hitman a smart female rookie cop and a double-crossing con man who seeks refuge behind the bars with no place left to run who's in it i'm, I'm trying to recognize faces on the front and uh gerard, gerard butler. butler frank grillo who's Ed- frank grillo um, crossbones in the Avengers movies. Oh, right. The one that fights with the... It's him and Captain America always yeah. dueling and stuff. That's the one. What is the forever purge? All the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decides that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak and instead should never end. You should become a voiceover artist. I'm trying my best. With those pipes? Ooh. Okay, so homework for this week. Me, find some place to go. You... Try and show less contempt for me when we meet up again next week. I don't know if I can make that promise. Anyway, it's been great hanging out. Uh, where are you going now? I think I will help myself to some candy out of your cupboard, and then I'm going to go to the gym to work that candy off. Gaim time. Gaim time, okay, yes. Great. Well, thanks for uh, stopping by, and uh, thank you for the lemons. You're very welcome. You know what they always say, uh, when life gives you lemons, squirt them into the face of your enemies. No one says that. I'm sure someone said that. Wasn't it Churchill? No. <laughs> Okay, I'll see you then. Cheers. Two Guys Lose the Plot is written by Lee Herman and Stephen Lewis. Copyright Tall Tales 2021. Got a question or a suggestion for the show? Email two guys at talltales.co.za. Get more episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. This was a Tall Tales production.